Hey, welcome everybody. We're coming to you from Multiverse 2020 Multivirtual. Um, this is one of our, the panels we're super excited about. This is one of our guests of honor, our artist guest of honor. Um, I guess we'll start out by introducing ourselves. I'm Jesse. I am the uh, co-host of the Glitchy Pancakes podcast and co-chair of Multiverse Convention. And I'm Rob. I am the co-host of Glitchy Pancakes and a happy individual. <laughs> And also very important to the multiverse family. Um, I'm Allie Charlesworth. I am co-chair of multiverse and I do stuff with this podcast, but I don't know what my title is. So, Hey, (laughs) this is our co-host. A little bit of everything. Jack of all (laughs) trades. And we're super excited and honored to have with us our 2020 artist guest of honor. Um, little bit about uh, Galen Dara. She won the 2016 World Fantasy Award for Best Artist, 2013 Hugo Award for Best Fan Artist. She's been nominated for the Hugo, the Locust, the Chesley, um, uh, quite the slate there. <laughs> Her clients include Escape Artist, Skyscape Publishing, Fantasy Flight Games, Uncanny Magazine, 47 North Publishing, Fireside Magazine, Lightspeed Magazine, which I absolutely love. Um, she just has a really striking, colorful, colorful and evocative style. We absolutely love it. Uh, welcome, Galen Dara. Thanks for being here. Yay. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Here I'm in my room and online with you. Pleasure to be with you. <laughs> yes, we appreciate you joining us. This, uh, uh, you're, you spend a, a great amount of time doing your, uh, like focusing on your art and also doing things outside your house. So you're taking a little bit of time to actually just sit there and chat with us is probably a little out of your normal schedule. <laughs> A pleasure to do it. It helps break up the uh, the me in my own head and me in my own little. Yes, it's good. Oh, right, right. That's. Uh, I was wondering about that. Like, since it's everyone's very stressed and tired and everything in the current pandemic situation, are you finding your uh, your artwork to be a coping mechanism and like more so now than normal? Or is it just always that way for you? Um. So one of the things is I've actually I usually have kept a. Um, I've done a lot more work in my sketchbooks previous to this, previous to the COVID epidemic. And, and doing just general work in my sketchbook has been, in the past, a way for me to cope with stress. Something I can't quite answer is I'm not doing that now. Um, I am doing my client work, getting that done, and then taking care of family and just kind of other just like uh, just around the house, uh, just day-to-day kind of uh, coping things. So yeah. your question's an interesting one. I, mean, I hadn't thought about this before, but one of my main sources of, of um, one of my main sources of coping is something I'm not doing right now. What does that say? <laughs> well, I think like it's, this whole like this situation is so different for everybody, and it's pulling people's energy away, like to just to coping, honestly, like just to getting by and. Mm-hmm. Know, keeping yourself from losing it so i mean mm-hmm. it's, it seems like that's that's probably a lot of it i know a lot of people who are uh, creative who are finding it pretty difficult and i've seen some some creatives some writers and artists saying you know you got to give yourself a little bit of a pass here for that like mm-hmm. it's okay <laughs> for everyone to just not be able to muster that all the time right i i think that that's very accurate i think it's a muscle that i'm letting just kind of like uh, i'm using all my strength in other areas and giving myself a pass. Right now, my main source of relaxation is actually just reading. Right. Um, just consuming books at an enormous rate right now, as opposed to filling books with, with my with my stuff. And then staying on top of just my regular client schedule. 
and you know i have a 16 year old son and we're like hey here's what school looks like now yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. so are you, are you doing online school then for for your son yeah, yeah. that's a, everybody's just adjusting to the new normal and that's just you know the new things that we have to do and like you said that that shift of of, of energy now goes mm -hmm. to this and so yeah 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 just got to go to the kids and the online school thing honestly that is that's just that's stressful for everybody involved <laughs> it's <laughs> teachers parents students everything it's like we're all just trying to keep our heads above water and just stay calm and be like okay this is what we have to do that's <laughs> but it's it is stressful on a level that um i think people who aren't dealing with it which all of us on here uh, are to some extent um it's just yeah it, it's taken a lot out of people um, but I'm glad that you're at least, you know, you're finding your ways to cope. You're finding your ways to, uh, to keep going. Um, I was yeah. to talk about like just art as, as a process and, and like, and how you approach it. There's, um, one thing that I'm always curious about is that people think, uh, people, especially who don't do a lot of art themselves, they think of art as a process of, of inspiration. Like it's based on inspiration and talent is how people think of it. A lot of the time. Um, it's also very much a product of a ton of practice and hard work as, as we know, and as definitely as you know, um, I, I think it'd be fun to talk about like how you see each one of those things, like, uh, like talent, for example, that's a pretty vague term really, but there does seem to be something that certain people um, have a lot of times from a young age that, that enables them to more easily produce visual art that's pleasing or realistic or meaningful to other people. What do you what do you think that is? Is that based on like an ability to visualize, like see a finished product or a starting point in your mind's eye? Like, what's your take on talent? Um, so I'm a Greg Manchester is one of my mentors and someone who I've uh, I've done several workshops with him and and he wrote a really interesting blog post. He gave it as a presentation to us when I was in a workshop with him and then wrote it as a blog post. And he he actually does not believe that there's such a thing as talent. Mm. Which, when I heard that for the first time, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Because I was, grew up, I grew up drawing and drawing, and everyone always saying, oh, you're so talented, you're so good at drawing. Um, uh, and his, his, uh, his basic premise is that this is something that you work hard into. And if you're, some people are more inclined to spend the time working hard into this, but there is no magical, like, oh, I was born with this extra special ethereal thing um, and it, it, for me it kind of goes both ways because I always knew I wanted to be an artist I loved it and people were like oh you're so good at it but that's because I was doing it and I was seeking out doing it and seeking out learning how to do it better and and um, you asked the question about like do I have a final vision like when I am like oh here's the inspiration here's what I know it's going to look like and, and then I work hard to make it become that thing um I wish it worked that way for me because so usually happens for me is I'm like okay here's my basic idea oh I can see it in my mind it looks great and then as I'm in the process of making this happen making the art happen it usually takes so many additional turns just through the process of working at it that the final product is frequently quite a bit different than what I initially had in mind. Right. <laughs> and so I'm not sure how that lines up with inspiration and talent versus hard work. For me, it's actually, it's a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And also through the hard work, discovering where it's going to be in the end. So do you sort of, so. 
if you have like you have your starting point and you even have a picture in your head of where you want this to go but then as you're mm-hmm. as you're working through it do you just kind of follow like if something you know you're when something actually hits the page or the screen or whatever medium you're working with do you just kind of follow it you're like oh i kind of like the way that looks a little better than what i had originally thought and do you, is that why it changes frequently mm-hmm. i think so for me um as i'm actually figuring out the problems that uh involve making the image come together um Doorways that I thought were going to be open tend to close, and other doorways that are like, oh, this is how this can happen, open up. Um, For me, the starting point of all of my client work is usually reading the story first. And as I'm reading the story, reading the novel, or reading, it could even be the art brief, brief from the art director, just ideas are coming. Like the entire time I'm reading, I have all these visual ideas that are coming. I'm making notes about them. Um, I'm sometimes collecting reference images as I go. So there's a tremendous amount of just, it's all happening in my brain. Um, and I'm just, I'm, ta- I'm taking notes. It's all happening in a bunch of just non-visual uh, 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 ways. And then the translation from that to making it start to happen in my visual way, uh, it's the next jump. It's the next jump to figuring out how to actually make it work yeah. for me. And that's interesting because you talk about like collecting the reference images and something that's, that's, I've heard about that before that it's just things that kind of, that somehow ring a bell for you visually or whatever, like, or, or in terms of the content. So it's like, you have things to, to draw, like, well, I like the, I like the, the, the grouping of colors here. or I like that, you know, just things you can, I might want to do something with that. Uh, so is that like, that's definitely, it sounds like an important part of your process. Are there things that you do to, um, to, like the practice things that really help you stay fresh, like stay on top of your game and then have honed your craft over the years or like things that are useful for you as like regular practice things? Um, that's a really, really good question. Uh, for a while it was working in my sketchbook, just like as an outlet for my own personal creativity. Um, but that wasn't necessarily honing what I do for my clients uh, because it's an entirely different process. Um, an entirely different outcome too. Um, the things that have honed me uh, the best in terms of, hey, here's what's helping me as I make my client work, have honestly been uh, uh, grouping with other artists, working together on a similar project to, as just a purely just as, a, as an exercise. Like, here's our concept. You take your, here's your take on this concept, here's my take on this concept, here's their take on this concept, and then we can come together and troubleshoot how we've done things, um, what we came up with in the end. Those have been, like those kinds of workshops and um, uh, uh, classes and schools, um, or just collaborations, have been where I've really honed and developed different ways of making art and, and taking my art to the next level. Um, I, uh, the illustration master's course is something that I've uh, participated in several times. Um, and, and a few online mentorships with artists who I really admire those, those have been, uh, just incredibly insightful because it gets me out of my own working process. Like here, I, I get into my routine. Here's what I do and here's how I always do it. And it's easy. It's known, it's familiar. And so doing something like doing a mentorship with another artist uh, opens up all of the doors and things, opens up all of the ways that I hadn't thought about or I had, uh, mostly just I hadn't thought about. Uh, so that for me has been one of the key ways of uh, 
moving into a next level as an artist. It's honestly communicating with other artists and their work and, and their process. So it's like everything definitely works differently. Every artist has their different process. Like it's, it's a very individualized thing, but it sounds like, would you say like for people who are um, artists themselves that are trying to, you know, make some kind of career out of it, that uh, seeking out um, communities and collaborations, mentorships, that kind of thing is, is a, I mean, it, it seems kind of obvious, but I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't automatically think to seek those things out. You say that helps a lot. It's a very, very powerful way to uh, uh, to see things that you wouldn't have seen, and to learn things that you wouldn't otherwise have have uh, have picked up. So yes, um, whether it's formal schooling or just mentorships with other artists um, or group collaborative work, that I know for me, and this is you know everyone's going to be slightly different in what works for them. For me, that was a very powerful, uh, has been and continues to be a powerful tool as an artist. Can we talk a little about how your style has evolved over the years? Because I love where you are now, but I imagine this isn't where you started. Very, very different, yeah. Um, so um, if I was to say how this all started, uh, I've always been a drawer, I've always been a painter. My uh, schooling is actually in fine art, fine art and fine art painting, like large scale figuratives, very splashy kind of, uh, you know, Real thick paint on on campus, um, and I dabbled in sculpture too. And uh, then after the birth of my son, I was just like, actually, it all became very small. It became just me and my sketchbook because that's what I could manage. That's what I could handle. Um, and uh, at that point, the speculative fiction, like doing science fiction and fantasy, illustrating. Uh, it wasn't what I what I had in mind. It wasn't what I was like, this is what I'm working towards, this is what I want to do. But I knew that I had to continue to keep drawing and and uh, creating. And I've always loved science fiction and fantasy. That's always the content that I consume, like you know, the movies, videos, um, books, etc. So at a certain point I just began drawing online, drawing and posting my drawings online as just a way of just like let me just get back into this. And I was using Photoshop to clean up my drawings. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, you, could, you take your photo of your book and your sketchbook, and it's like, eh, okay, you know, but I, I used Photoshop to clean them up and make them more crisp. And then I started using Photoshop. Like, I, I need Photoshop because I like to take photos. Mm -hmm. I wasn't using Photoshop to paint. So I would clean up these photos in Photoshop, and at a certain point I was realizing, you know what? I can add color to these sketches. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And so then I started playing around with taking my sketches and adding color and embellishing them in other ways. And then a friend was like, you know what, I'm going to get you a tablet. I think you could really do some great things if you just had a tablet. So I, I got up my first Wacom tablet. It was a, a bamboo. You know, it's their entry level one. But suddenly I'm actually starting to like draw actually in the computer on top of my sketches. Um, and then at a certain point I upgraded to a slightly nicer tablet and at a certain point somewhere in there I made the transition of like, you know what, I, I can just draw directly in the computer. <laughs> so this was, a, I, I guess this was, this was all self-taught. This was all me just teaching myself, here's how I can, I can make art inside of this, this, this uh, Photoshop, this, this software on my computer. And, um, 
And it evolved from, you know, me drawing to me being able to make more elaborate shapes, more elaborate compositions. Photoshop really enabled me to do things on a much more uh, complex scale than what I was just doing in my sketchbook. Because of the ability to move things around and reshape and, uh, you know, just very, very quick editing and, and altering and being able to look at a bunch of things side by side. Uh, but this was me just teaching myself this entire process. Um, and somewhere along the line, uh, you know, I had a lot of friends that were writers and uh, a friend was like, hey, will you do illustrations for our book? And I was like, oh. Oh, um, and it was a—it was like one of these. You know, it was a—it was a—it uh, was a project of love. You know, every, it, this wasn't like a big publisher. This was a small press book, sure. um, and I did their illustrations, and it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of work to promote this book, and, uh, and it was part—it was fun to be part of that community. Um, and then someone saw the illustrations that I did in there and that just kind of like snowballed and became to where I was, you know, then working for Lightspeed magazine and then being contacted by large book publishing companies to do covers. It was, and along the way, as I was making my work, and especially as I was, uh, I did some of these mentorships with other artists where I started to really learn how to use Photoshop and how to use some of these other tools. Um, it became to where I am today. It was a, it was a lot of, a lot of self teaching and a lot of putting myself in situations where I had to figure out how to do new things. Um, and a lot of learning things from other artists around me. There we go. That's a, <laughs> that's, what, that's how I, that's how I came to where I am today. Wow. Constant self challenging. That's <laughs> the, that was the yeah. path. <laughs> that's not a Learning so much by making mistakes, like accidental mistakes, like things I didn't plan on doing mm -hmm. that actually ended up being like, oh, I actually really like that. What happened? What did I just do? What was that? How do I replicate that again if I want to? It was a lot of, it was a lot of that. Figuring out how to, uh, how to control it and how to, uh, and then how to sometimes not control it. And, yeah. uh. It seems like that you mentioned uh, like putting yourself in situations where like that you're not as familiar or comfortable with, like challenging yourself. Uh, is that something? That, is that something you do consciously? Like, do you do you look for? Do you seek out things that like I'm going to work in a medium or w in an area or something that is not what I've done before? Like, do you do you force that upon yourself to to see what comes out? Sometimes, and then sometimes not. Like right now, I'm at I'm at a place where I'm like I could. There's a lot of things I could probably do by, say, for example, learning this software or this software or this software, and that would be challenging. And I haven't actually done those types of, like, I haven't leaped into playing around with different software, for example. Um, but, it, yes, I, but I actually think, I think that would be valuable, first of all. I should make the effort to do that. But I also do find, I do put myself in situations where I'm challenged and uncomfortable. Like, I do that... Uh, uh, a fair amount, um, both artistically and then also just like I'm a rock climber, so that's like the other thing I do. Um, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm going to challenge myself in this other scary way. So, so I find a lot of value of, of moving oneself out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, and yes, my art process has definitely been like, okay, I'm, I'm moving out of my comfort zone, and I do spend, er, spend a fair amount of time right there on the edge of not being comfortable. <laughs>
Well, it produces oh, yeah. great stuff, though. I mean, you've worked with it so does. many different, uh, you've worked in so many different media, you know, with the, the paint and the sculpture and then, the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the digital stuff. Do you have, are there particular media that you keep coming back to as like, this is a, a real love of mine? Or is it more about the exploration Do you have, or do you have ones that maybe you're, like, you don't really like to work with? Um, I... I don't like to work with. I really enjoy getting my hands messy. Like I, I, I don't get to paint as much nowadays as I have in the past. And that's something, cause I really do love that and miss that. Um, you know, especially right now, like I'm not even really keeping up my sketchbook right now. So, you know, everything's become a little bit smaller, but it, when I hopefully will have that bandwidth back again, uh, painting and drawing in the actual traditional medium to kind of get your hands messy. That is something that, um, that I love and plan to always have be a part of my life. Um, and I try and incorporate that a little bit into the shows that I'm in when I'm in conventions. Uh, and, um, but it's different than the work that I do for my clients. Like this, it's, it's a different, it's a different trajectory. It's different. Um, uh, uh, it's a different creative path than what I do say when I'm asked to do a book cover or an illustration or a you know, magazine. Um, well, what about that, uh, that process of like, because there's, there's two different types. There's the stuff that you do for yourself and then there's the stuff you do for clients. So um, mm -hmm. to, to start with the stuff you do for yourself, you probably have always probably your whole life gotten the questions about like, where do you get your ideas or where does your inspiration mm -hmm. come from? Um, but you know, Valid question, especially for folks that, that aren't artists themselves. Right. Um, for the stuff that you do just for yourself, is it uh, do, do the do things typically come to you visually, or is it an expression more of a, an emotion or a feeling, or like how do what what goes from your mind to the paper? Like how does how's that connection made? Um, it's uh, I'm not able to make any of it in a vacuum. It's all based on things that I'm seeing around me. Um, and uh, I, I draw a, light, a lot from life. Like I'll, you know, I'll do, you know, studies of, of things around me. I do figure studies. Um, I will, I'll do a lot of things for a lot of art. Well, I'll pull up other artists' um, artwork and select one or two just images. Like, hey, what is it that I like about this image that this artist has created? Um, and select one or two things from that and work it into my sketchbook and then begin to work in my own, like, what would I do with this? How would I make this different? So I don't think, like, very rarely am I ever just, like, just going to sit down here, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to wait for the feeling, for my feeling. It's For me, it's all very much collecting from the world around me and the, uh, the things that I'm visually seeing around me mm. and then making my own jumping off points. Like there's, here's what it actually is. And then I take it and I start to push it and I start to push it and I add and I change and I push it some more. Um, and then I have just like my subject matter that I really like. I, I'm very figuratively based. Like I, I don't think I will ever just do landscapes. Like that's not me. I am very figuratively oriented, and um, um, so that's just one of my main, like, okay, it's probably always going to have a figure in it. It'll probably also have skulls and antlers and wings and <laughs> magic and tentacles. And <laughs> well, that stuff is cool. All cool. <laughs> it is, yeah. so in my wheelhouse. I love right. this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm geeking out over here. I'm just like, 
Mm-hmm. Please tell me more. <laughs> and I think it's actually really important and good for people who want to create art and maybe don't do that themselves because right. they don't think they can or they right. to, to know that that an artist of your caliber isn't just sitting there going, ah, waiting for inspiration to hit and then putting that on paper. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sounds you know, like a I, am, I am by no means an artist, but I sketch and I play and, you know, that sort of thing. And I always have to have something that I'm looking at. It's good to know that she sees an avocado and goes, I'm going to do something with that. <laughs> or a rock face and go, that's cool. I like the way that shadow works. I'm going to do something with that. That's that's cool. To see. And then you take, do you take, I mean, when you do see things that strike you, do you take pictures of them out in the field? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I take a lot of photos. Um, and something that I also like to do, and it requires me to just slow all the pace down, is to just sit in location with the sketch. Uh, like, because uh, I will take photos. I'll take photos and then I can, oh, I'll use that photo and I'll draw later. But it's like a special, uh, a special treat to myself to say, actually, just sit down right here. You know that's cool. You know that's like you like that. Just sit here and draw that. That's, um, that's like that's that's extra next level like uh, gift that I can give to myself when I'm right. taking the time and and uh, and giving myself that space. It's almost like self care. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but uh, the ability to take a photo to be able to come back to later, that, that's, uh, that's uh, such a technological privilege that we have right now to have that capacity. And that, that, makes, it, um, that makes it very easy to come yeah. back to that. And you've got, like, it, it sounds like, I, I like knowing that it's such an, like, doing stuff for yourself and, and I guess the process of inspiration and starting a piece is such an active process because, uh, like, like you've all said, there's, like, a, I think that people sometimes get and this is the same thing with writing too where people don't want to start because they think well if i'm not struck by a lightning bolt of inspiration mm-hmm. that that means like i just have to express this thing that i can clearly see then, then i don't know right. what's that so so sitting and waiting like waiting for inspiration to start yeah exactly but it sounds like your, your process is really active it's like you can just take a little thing a scrap of something something that you saw or whatever and just like okay just get that down and see where it goes you know start just mm-hmm. start doing something um and i'm sure i can't remember who said it but it's like you just you can't just sit around and wait for inspiration to strike like that it just it doesn't work that way it's it's for me it's the actively jumping in and finding those ideas and finding those starts that brings the inspiration right and that's you're definitely your stuff is definitely very i'm sorry what was that I'm sure that's true for writing as well, as you might guess. There seems to be a lot of a lot of similarity there, yeah. Um, so you, like you said your stuff is really form oriented, uh, and it, and it is like your the way you handle uh, form and motion really particularly stand out in color. Like that combination is that they're uh, that that's one of the to me that's some of the, some of the hallmark stuff of your work is the is the way that the figures of the motion it just really it immediately evokes it's very clear from the way that the forms are, are drawn and posed and everything you get the message of the uh, of the art as soon as you see it you also mentioned the skulls and antlers and things like that because that's one thing that that uh, also sets your stuff apart uh, to me is that there's a lot of times some pieces are just very dark uh, entirely um, they're beautiful but they're dark and even in the ones that aren't and have not necessarily a darker color palette or anything like that you work in a lot of those things is that just um, 
a sort of a motif that you've always been that you feel like just fits in a lot of your art or what does anything particular that draws you toward that? I, I tend to lean t uh, more towards uh, horror, I guess. Like I, I, I'm not sure if that's entirely what you mean by like the, I, I do tend to, I, I'm never going to probably be a children's book illustrator. <laughs> I tend to lean a little bit more towards, like you said, the dark, a little edgy, uh, um, it's, that's more of my personal aesthetic lies, as opposed to something that's uh, that's lighter, brighter, cheery. And I do cheery stuff. I'm sure I do cheery stuff, but I, I, I like to, I, I like a slightly darker aesthetic personally. That's 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 just that's just me. Yeah. You seem to be able so to go back and forth between them fairly easily. Like you, you have that. There's definitely that darker stuff and those darker elements, but you have some that are. Uh, I would never. I would never. They're what? Very positive. Positive, yes. Some very positive and some that uh, whimsical wouldn't be the right word, but definitely th there's a lot of positivity there. And like one of our, I, I think one of all of our uh, favorites is the one that there's a um, a very large, uh, looks like a T-Rex with a, a number tattooed on it. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's on a sort of, looks like a holographic leash being led by a tiny, like a uh, space suited figure. And there's, it's like, it's not, it's not funny it's not whimsical it's because there's a but it, it just tells a story right off the bat so um i like that the the you have that darkness in a lot of your stuff but a lot of it does like there's a lot of fun in a lot of them too you know we used uh we were making some art for uh, you uh, graciously gave us permission to use a little bit of your art to create promotional material for the uh, for the convention and the, re the responses to it were i mean people just couldn't get enough of it they were they saw it and were just like oh my gosh this is i've never seen like it's the coolest promotional art for a convention they'd ever seen. Um, as, yeah, as if, you, if you need, you know, an extra income line, apparently shirts, everybody <laughs> no, wants a shirt. <laughs> so just so you know. <laughs> I think that your, your work is very emotionally complicated. I think maybe that's where you're going, Jesse, is that there is, there's a layer of, of fun and power and strength, but there's also a layer of, of complex thought underneath it. Um, it's not just a one-dimensional feeling. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a significant compliment. Thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely. I keep looking over here because I have two pieces right there of yours, like on my wall. So <laughs> I'm looking over at them going like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. I keep looking, I have you pulled up on my other monitor and I'm like looking through your website and the stuff yeah. on there. Galen Dura, uh, by the way. Same. <laughs> the dinosaur, oh, as, she, as she mentions her aesthetic, I'm looking at the dinosaur and I'm just like, I can see war in this I can see where she's leading a tank into yeah. it's it's beautiful it's gorgeous and you immediately and want to know the story right like instantly right. you're like please tell me more about this person and this dinosaur this is 69 this is the tattoo on his face i want to see the rest of the dinosaur i want to see the rest of those guys. i want to see those i want to see the triceratops with like laser horns that's what i want to see where's the triceratops Yes. So when you get I to the, so much fun with that piece, by the way. That, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, people love it. Um, the, uh, speaking of working with artists, like we, we've talked a bit about the the inspiration for your personal stuff. You said that the working on you know book covers and things like that are a totally different process. Um, mm -hmm. What what is what is that process? How do you um, how are, how are you approached about it? What do the art briefs look like? What's it like working on something like that? 
Um, so, like, especially if it's uh, for, say, for example, light speed, I'm able to work with the short story. And so it's very easy for me to read quickly. And um, uh, as I'm reading, I'm making fastidious notes of all of the things that stand out to me visually as an artist. Like I'm reading along and I'm enjoying the story just as a story, but I am particularly paying attention to, oh, I can draw that. Oh, that one looks, oh my gosh, this has got to be. And the problem is, is that by the time I've gotten to the end of the story, I have like 10 different ways that this could, this illustration could possibly go. Um, and so then at that point, it's a matter of culling it down because I don't want to work on 10 different ideas. I don't want to give my client 10 different sketches. Um, so I have to come up with the, the two to three directions of like, here, here's all the ways this story could go visually for me that I could do. And, and then it's a point of here, let me pick the two, maybe three. And I collect a lot of reference imagery, imagery at this point. Um, I'll collect reference images for like, a, a, first of all, a variety of things that are in the story that I may just not be very familiar with. Let's say it has to do with, um, with pirate ships. And I'm like, I, 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 I don't know pirate ships. Let me look up a whole bunch of pirate ship imagery. Let me get like, like ideas. Like, first of all, how other artists have done it. And then actual scientific like diagrams of here's the actual. So I, I have to kind of self-teach myself Mm -hmm. um, I can teach myself a little bit about some of the imagery that I might be including into this art piece. Um, but then I like to get inspiration from just a wide variety. Like, let's say it's about a, it's about a, a, a pirate ship, but I might just start going looking through art history to just find a feel. Or I might look at, like, a popular culture or graphic design. And just, I'm just getting feels at that point. Right. visually I'm getting feels and and this I'm not even drawing anything at this point I'm just like collecting my mood board I guess is what you could say and then I start drawing and I I'm actually at this point um, it's not even drawing yet I'm starting to make a fairly complex um, uh, uh, what is it when you cut when you cut images out and you start pasting images together, collage. Collage. I start, yeah. <laughs> I start collaging. I start cutting out images. This is in Photoshop and start pasting them together and start creating weird things out of other images that I'm cutting stuff out of and creating these compositions that I will then take and start drawing and painting over the top of. So uh, something that I've enjoyed doing in my sketchbook in the past, just for just for kicks and giggles, is collaging images together. Mm the cutting and the pasting and creating something new out of something that existed previously. And so I create these collages and I'll create several of them just to see which direction it can go. Um, and from that, I will create my, my, my basic simple black and white sketch that I will send to the clients and say, what do you think about this? Um, and then at that point it becomes like, Hey, we like this. We don't like this or here. Can you change this to make it like this instead? Um, until we come up with the sketch that is like, hey, we're all happy with this. Mm. And then I turn it into, I, I go full-fledged into the making it into a painting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning it up, I'm fixing. There's things that, that were, worked good for the sketch, but I have to clean up, I have to tighten. Sometimes, sometimes it gets changed a little bit, sometimes it gets changed a little more than just a little bit, and then I start to paint with color. And... Uh, and that's the part where it's, it's going from there. You can have the sketch that you love 
And then you have like this color and you're like, oh, this is great, this is great. But at what point is it finished? And that's, you know, that's always like, when is this finished? Um, and that's like, you're gonna ask any artist anywhere, like how do you find that point? And that's the, there, that, there's usually like one or two days, three or four days where I'm like, I have to step away. I have to step away because I'm not sure if it's finished yet. And what I'll oftentimes do is I'll, you know, I'll take a snapshot of it or I'll send it to my phone um, so I can have the image on my phone. And I'll actually just use it as like the background on my phone as I'm walking away, stepping away, doing all the other stuff I do at life. And I can look at it on my phone, just glance on it throughout the day and seeing it small. It's kind of like you're seeing it like, um, like a, a thumbnail size. Just throughout the day, I'm able to pick out like, ah, yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, oh, and you know what? I don't think that works either. And so then I can come back and target it, having seen it differently, having been able to kind of like you know, wash the view just a little bit, shake it off, and see the things that don't work and the things that do work, and finally make it finished. <laughs> but it's those last little bits are very laborious, and that's usually when like you know everything just kind of like I don't do anything else. I'm not you know. Hopefully there's food in the fridge and, you know, <laughs> whatever about the bathroom and the floors and the dusting. Like, this is very, very focused. It's like, make it finished time. I guess the deadline so, from the publishers probably helped too. <laughs> there's that. And you know what? I think that's something that has actually, like, the deadline uh, is actually a valuable tool. Because otherwise, I think I could just like, well, you know, I'll just come back to it. I'll come back to it. Wait for the inspiration to strike. There is something about having like, you know, it has to be done here. And um, it's not like that makes it finished. Right. But that makes me have to make it finished, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Well, how do you get like? So it sounds like there's a lot of back and forth too with the uh, with the publishers. Like, who who are you? Who are, are you communicating with the um, the author at all, or is it just the publisher? And how much uh, how much back and forth do they typically give you? It, it depends. Um, like, there are some magazines and some uh, some book publishers where I can like they trust me enough, and I just send them finished art. Usually, though, it's run by the author. Um, frequently, there's an art director that's working as kind of like the in between. Um, so it really depends on the project. It really depends on the publisher and, and where this is going. Um, it, it's good to get the author involved because there are things that I sometimes miss. Like if there was one, uh, I, I forget which, the. I think it may have been something for Subterranean Press, and I missed that one of the characters uh, uh, actually was of uh, Native American descent. And I had this person as white. It was just something that I missed in the cues. And so having that kind of back and forth where the author can be like, actually, no, 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 this character is supposed to have this, you know, this is what they're supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so it's a little bit of both. Um, uh, but that's the back and forth. It'll be from like the editor or publisher because they know, hey, here's what I want to have. Here's kind of the idea that they have in mind. The author, because they may have uh, visual uh, details that I missed. And then me who is making it come together in a way that uh, hopefully is visually pleasing for all of us, all three of us. So, and it's, it's a little bit different. It's, like, it's, it's a little bit different in terms of how much who is involved, depending on the project, depending on the publisher. Yeah, seems like that would be the case. It's a complicated situation. That's a, I, could, I could see how it could be both uh, motivating and stifling 
at the same time. <laughs> Especially if you don't get like a character right, or if you you see something your way, and then they say, "Well, no, it's kind of this way." And you know, oh, this was a great idea. Put it to the side. So that's the part about like when I send in the final sketch. Like I send it, and then I just kind of like I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting a little bit on pins and needles because what I want, I want them to be like, "Oh, this is brilliant. Thank you. Just run with it." Yeah. Right. But it could also be like, and this hasn't ever happened, but it could be like, no, 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 sorry. Entirely, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like, there's that, there's that period where I'm waiting to hear back. Like I've sent it in and then I'm kind of like, <laughs> and something that made me feel better about this was I was at a workshop where uh, Mike Manola was there, uh, you know, Mike oh, of, yeah. of Help mm -hmm. fame. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, this is, Mike Mignola, and, and he was talking about that just recently he'd set, sent one of his, like, art pieces to the cover, you know, for the cover to the art director, and he is, like, waiting on pins and needles to hear back <laughs> and like, and I'm like, oh, then you know what, I'm okay, it's cool, that's cool, like, if, if Mike is on pins and needles, it's okay for me to be on pins and needles, too, and, yep. and there you go. It's good to remember that we all have a certain degree of imposter syndrome. <laughs> you know? and it, in fact, you don't really like to meet the people that don't, you know, like it's right. a little difficult to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> if you're absolutely confident in everything that you do, then you're, you're probably going to be a little bit of a, a chore to deal with. <laughs> um, well, as far as like the, that, that business side of it, like, you know, cause you're talking about dealing with publishers and getting, you know, essentially a like commission to, to do work um, for people that, that want to be artists. There absolutely is a business aspect to it. Um, and, what what are ways it sounds like yours kind of grew organically like you know through your friends and people saw it and everything um yeah. would you have any tips or advice for um like people that maybe are just starting out as far as how do they get their work out there how do they get people to see it how do they make the you know make connections that can help them in that regard mm -hmm. it's uh it's hard it's really hard and mine did kind of come about organically like i didn't do a whole bunch of sending out you know art samples to um uh, you know, to art directors, I, a lot of it is who you know, and that can be challenging. But for me, one of the things that really helped a lot was to start attending conventions, where you're actually meeting other people who are in this, in the community, you know, writers, publishers, other artists, um, it, uh, uh, getting to know the other artists. Um, and in general, it's going to be, first of all, just really polish up your art and then getting to know the art directors in the field for you know another really good thing to do is to be like you know, where who do i want to work for like who's out there like get like the, the publishing companies the magazines like who's doing who's putting out the kind of imagery where i'm like i love that and i want to be at home there so contacting those art directors people who are working in those areas um and in general, it involves usually a lot of sending out a lot of promotional material. But for me personally, it's actually been putting myself in situations and in places where I can actually build connections with people. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it means going to conventions. It means going to uh, uh, workshops and, and courses, whether online or not. Right now, it's hard. Right now, all of it's, everything's going to be like this. So this is, and this, these, these are kind of unique times. Hopefully we'll be able to move into that and we'll be able to face to face again. Um, 
uh, so, so there's that part. There's getting to know the people in the, in the industry and the community who you want to work for or who you can learn a lot from. And then there's going to be just making the art and always be improving and developing your art. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's difficult because it's probably going to be a slightly different process for everyone out there. Like my, my path has been different than what other people, other people's paths to get to where they are. And um, I would say to kind of going back to something we talked about earlier is not being afraid to put yourself into a slightly uncomfortable position, you know, like outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I don't mean that in any sort of like harmful way, but I mean that just in terms of like, we all have our own, like, here's my comfortable bubble. Mm -hmm. And what, what I need to do and what other people may need to be able to do is to go outside of that comfort bubble to make the connections that they need to make and to learn the things that will help you develop and grow. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's a, I said a lot of words, and hopefully that would help someone. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And it's, I have heard it said uh, about writing and about art that the only process that works is the one that works for you. So right. that's a bit, yeah. that's some general. To, to be patient with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Be patient like, with that and kind with yourself with that. Mm. Yeah, give yourself time, give yourself some space to develop. Um, and then, so, uh, You've you've won some significant awards. You've won basically some of the biggest awards that uh, that there are in the the field that you work in, like World Fantasy and Hugo um, nominations for Nebula, Locus, and and more Hugos. I think um, Chesley Awards. I believe I believe the voting concludes as we're recording this. As a matter of fact, um, what is like? It has to be really gratifying to get that sort of recognition of your work, and it's it's very well deserved. Um, what do, what do awards mean to you or, or just to artists to generally think um, like on a personal and professional level? Why do they, why do they matter to you? We may have a. Yep. It froze. I I'm back now. Um, I think, uh, Jesse, you were just starting to talk about uh, the awards. Yeah, uh, I was just asking, generally speaking, how, um, you know, you've been, you've won and or been nominated for, like, pretty much all the big ones, and the Chesley Awards are, are concluding voting right now as we're recording this. Um, I was just curious what what awards mean. I mean, the recognition's got to be great, and it's it's very justified and well-deserved, but what, what do those mean to you on a more personal level or, or even on a professional level? What do awards mean to artists? It is so complicated, emotionally, <laughs> so complicated. And um, like when I was nominated for the, the Hugo Award, uh, the very first time in 2013, um, that was for the Fan Artist Award. Because at that point, I was just starting to get my first, you know, my feet in the water, and, and none of the clients I'd worked for uh, were the, like there's, there's qualifying, you know, for what, category you can be in in the Hugo's and 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 so I won and I won I was nominated and I won the fan artist Hugo and I thought well that's wow cool okay <laughs> but I really just thought you know like I I, I didn't know where it was going to go from there it was the very next year that I was nominated in the professional artist, artist category and um, when that came through it was actually incredibly, like, it was almost crushing. Uh, the, uh, it, 
was um, I, I, first of all, I almost threw up <laughs> when the when the nomination when the when I got the email when I was notified that I was going to be nominated. I I, I almost threw up, and then I was terrified because I just thought I am not ready. I know the people who are nominated in this category, and I did not see myself as being in that category. So it it kind of actually was a very tricky emotionally challenging place to be for a while. I remember I was working on a piece for a Fireside back, uh, magazine and and it almost prevented me from being able to finish that illustration because mm. all I could think about, like I knew the timing of when it was going to be announced and I was like, this art piece is going to come out like almost coinciding with the announcement of this and everyone's going to see it and suddenly everyone's, like suddenly it was the amount of eyes that mm. were going to be on my work um it was very challenging actually it was very challenging that's what that's what it felt like it felt a little bit like pressure and um but you you work through that like obviously i finished that illustration the announcement was made the illustration went live i got more clients i kept working and life went on and life went on and um and so that's just kind of like the personal amount of like, oh, here's what it can mean to be nominated or to win. Um, on a broader scale of what do these awards mean? There are so many incredible artists that are I love and I love their work and that and and, and they've not been nominated or won. And it has nothing to do necessarily with the quality of their work or or Awards are very fickle. Awards are incredibly fickle things. It, it really depends a lot on, you know, like for example, like uh, you know, the, the these are these are voting committees or these are panels of judges, and and so everyone's like, you know, what everyone is resonating with at this particular time, it changes, um, and so it's an incredible honor to be nominated and an incredible honor to win, and it. Being nominated or not, winning or not, does not necessarily have anything to do with is your art valuable and valid. And I don't know. These are there's, it, that's it's a very very complicated subject. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I really want to say is it's an honor to be nominated, and it is also. It's a validation of what people like about my stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And then there will be years where I'm not nom- nominated and I'm not on any ballot and I'm just going to continue to do the work that I do and continue to develop as an artist. And, and, and that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> we look so, forward to seeing that continued development. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're always going to keep up with it. I have, uh, I, it's a lot of complicated emotions and, and things that come along with it. That's, I hope I, I hope I was able to convey that in a way that's positive and and also just gives a nod to those people who I really appreciate who who aren't on the ballots right now. So. Yeah, everyone should should seek out. I mean, there are so many great artists out there that you can find, and it doesn't matter. There yeah. are some, like you said, that have never been nominated for a major award, but just do incredible stuff. And conventions are, like you mentioned, a great place to find those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 
<laughs> I have another uh, little uh, offbeat question I wanted to make sure that we got to before we have to wrap up, which is in, in your bio, it says that you like monsters, mystics, dead things, and extremely ripe apricots. <laughs> How ripe and why? <laughs> Just on the verge. <laughs> right there. Um, the question of why is silly. I think when I wrote that bio, like I had just gotten a batch of apricots that was just right there, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, it's so good! I'm going to put this into my bio." Um, <laughs> but, um, um, so, fruit and the uh, ripeness or non-ripeness. Uh, it um, there is a portion of that that ties into my love of dead things oh. and so um like uh rotten fruit is actually fun to draw and funner for me to draw than perfectly ripe fruit so so just not to be a little bit metaphorical but uh like hey i'm just gonna take that off that apricot all the way to the edge of when i can eat it <laughs> enjoy it there and Think about death and resurrection and go draw some more skulls. <laughs> I can under I can I get it. I actually get it. I get it. I understand I it. Like the well on top of that, the sugar content yes. improves to like like bananas, right to that point of oh, it might be frozen or thrown away. It's velvety and sexy and delicious you know Juicy. what i mean yeah right <laughs> right so i understand but and it's been gosh you got me contemplating a lot about death now yeah that's, that's, that's cool. honestly it was mostly just like wow that tastes great i'm putting this in my bio <laughs> that's an excellent it, it, second it goes it goes hand in hand with monsters and dead things in a weird way that makes connections in my head. I've made the connection, I think, as well. In my head, as well. I was like, okay, I get it. I think I'm I right there it. with you. I'm in a room full of skulls and bones and um, dead things and rocks, so, and art, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like the room. Thank you. I do too. <laughs> well, anybody that wants to see really cool uh, monsters and dead things and awesome art, check out Galen. Galen, thank you so much from the multiverse staff and community and everyone. Thank you so much for being our artist guest of honor this year and joining us to talk about all this stuff. Really, I've learned a lot that I didn't even know about <laughs> the processes and the art world. I just we we really appreciate it. We can't wait to keep seeing your art everywhere and seeing how you how you develop. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, where We're can people find you? We're looking forward to seeing you in person at yes. a convention soon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Me too. Me as too. soon as possible. We can't wait. <laughs> um, where should people look for you uh, online if they want to find your art or find you on social media, that kind of thing? Sure. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, the best place to go to just kind of just my hub is uh, galandera.com my website and so that has links to all the other places where i'll uh i can i post uh most recent art and and projects that i'm working on awesome well again thank you so much it's been fantastic and we really appreciate you being here and thank you so much. 
that wraps up our, our panel for the day. And uh, everyone go check out Galen's art online and get some for yourself. That's right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, guys. Take it easy, guys.